However, what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yes, most certainly, and I count all things to be loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things, and count them nothing but refuse, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, that which is of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, becoming conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. World English Bible Translation. Welcome back, I'm Brian, and today we're going to go and chat through Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. It's part of our study through the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, and Philippians in the New Testament. It's a study about identity, and joy, and what we look to for value. We talked about this last Thursday when we started Philippians chapter 3, but on the whole, one of the resounding themes of this entire chapter is that God is better than everything else then nothing compares to him. We'll read that this is why an identity founded in God is not just important, but vital. We cannot find our confidence in our own flesh, our own accomplishments, or our own resumes. Trusting that we are sinners in need of salvation, and that that salvation can only come through faith in the completed work of Jesus Christ, bearing my sins on the cross, being resurrected, and providing a path for the forgiveness of my sins, trusting in that, means letting go of this idea that we're good enough, that we're righteous enough, that we're accomplished enough to justify ourselves or to save ourselves. I pray that the passage today helps us let go of any self-righteousness that we're trying to prop ourselves up with, as well as letting go of any baggage that we're letting weigh ourselves down. And in place of that, I pray that this passage would speak to us in a way that opens our eyes even more to wonder and splendor and to the perfect righteousness of Christ our Savior, who through faith brings us from death to life, and an eternal life spent in the presence of our Savior. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and the first part of verse 8, NLT translation. So verse 7 picks up just after Paul has finished listing off a very prestigious list of his own accomplishments, his own resume bullet points, if you will. He's done this not out of pride or out of boasting, but to underline that he would have the record to be able to boast, if that's what his life was all about. But it's not. Paul's life, Paul's identity is founded in Jesus, not himself, and he's calling other Christians to this same identity. We've talked a little about justification and sanctification before. That the moment that you place your faith in Jesus, in his completed work, you are saved. And the churchy word for that moment is justification. It's a one-time thing. 
but that at the moment you're saved, it's not the end of the line for us Christians. God then continues to grow us, to mature us, and to transform our hearts. And this is done through the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a slow, sometimes painful transformation process, and this process is called sanctification. It's an ongoing thing. We will be in the process of sanctification until Jesus returns or we move on from this life under the sun. One of the things that we have to realize and we have to avoid, and that Paul is trying to point out here, is just because we are justified and we are being sanctified, that doesn't mean that we've made it. Like, none of us are where we need to be. None of us are perfect, and none of us have a resume that is capable of getting it done on our own. This is about knowing Jesus' worth more than everything else. That our personal relationship with Jesus is more valuable than anything that we could ever accomplish on our own. And that's not devaluing ourselves. It's more just properly valuing Jesus. That's why Paul goes on to say that he considers everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, his Lord. So the words he uses, gains and losses, in Greek, these are actually accounting terms. They were generally terms used for business profits and business losses. And as the passage closes with Paul describing exactly what he considers all of his previous worldly profits, he considers them refuse or garbage. Some translations use the word dung, as in insert poop emoji here. It's a shock statement, really. Knowing Jesus, gaining him, is so much more of an infinite gain that by comparison, worldly gains, they are worse than business losses. They are like waste that just gets discarded. There's nothing that we can put on some card to get us past the bouncer of salvation outside of faith in Christ. That's it. And because of that truth, knowing Jesus is by far the most important thing that we could ever have. It's the most important thing we could ever gain. But we also have to remember that it's not about some reward in heaven. Our relationship with Jesus, our worship, our faith, it has to be about God, not the things that we want God to give us. Matt Chandler asks a question, and I'll close this section with it. Are you using God to get something from him, or is God the goal? That I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Philippians chapter 3, end of verse 8. And verse 9, NLT translation. So why does Paul consider all of these accomplishments of his and all this worldly profits as nothing more than dung or rubbish? It's because he wants to press into Jesus. He wants to be reminded that Jesus is worth so much more than those other things. And that any hope of being declared righteous before God the Father cannot come through any of his own adherence to the law or any of his own merits, but solely on the merits of Jesus which God imparted to him when he turned toward Jesus and placed his faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. One of the things of that period of time that Paul is directly speaking to is the ceremony of circumcision. There were people and groups who preached that Gentiles weren't truly saved unless they also adhered to the strict Jewish ceremonial laws, which included circumcision. Paul says that that's just rubbish, 
It's prideful braggadocio. It's clinging to an accomplishment of men. You can get circumcised. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But if you boast about that or trust that that makes you more saved or a better Christian than other people, Paul is calling that bad theology. Thomas Schreiner notes that those who trust in their circumcision and the law for salvation show that they are still members of the old creation, for they actually trust in the flesh and their own righteousness instead of relying on the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. So worship God, not practices and rituals. It links back to those times that Jesus speaks out against outward religious activities from people who lack a heart that is truly devoted to God. Like religious activities can be wonderful and purposeful, and they can bring us closer to God. But if they are empty or hollow, or they're just so that we can say that we took part in them, like a feather in our cap or a badge on a vest, then it's not worship. That's pride, and it might actually be an idol. It all goes back to what faith is. Faith in Jesus is a complete dependence on what God the Father sent God the Son to accomplish with his life, his death on the cross, his resurrection, and his coming return. And complete dependence on that as the only way to enter into God's kingdom. Because upon this faith, we become imparted with the righteousness of Jesus. Adeyemo declares that the righteousness of God revealed in Christ is relevant to all of us. Without it, none of us can be truly Christian. This righteousness changes us. It gives us a new identity as people of God, whatever our past identity or history might have been. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, NLT translation. Paul closes the section by circling back to the main point of everything that Paul desires, to know Jesus more and for others to share in the joy of knowing Jesus as well. Knowing here is not some intellectual acquisition of knowledge but a heartfelt relationship. Like I can know details about my wife's life or her history, but that doesn't make her my bride, and it certainly doesn't mean that we have a healthy marriage. Adeyemo says that as new people of God, we should boast of our identity in Christ, and our desire, like Paul's, should be to become like Christ in all respects, including his sufferings, his death, and his resurrection. When Paul wants to know the power of his resurrection, power here is not some Hulk smash superpower. It's talking about a miraculous divine power, might, and strength. When we place our faith in Jesus, turn to him for salvation, and receive eternal life, we are resurrected to life. We're made a new creation. We're born again. And whatever phrase you want to use, just recognize that it's a miraculous and a divine journey. It's a blessing, and it should fill us with joy. This passage underlines the importance of knowing and resting in Christ above all else. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we've talked about how trying to attain wisdom for wisdom's sake is a futile and ultimately unfruitful task. Here in Philippians, Paul says that trying to attain knowledge of Christ, 
trying to know him, yes, with head knowledge, but more importantly, to know him with relational knowledge, with heart knowledge, if you will. That's the key. That is a pursuit worth chasing. That is something we should strive after every day. And it's something that should be the only thing that we boast in as Christians. Thanks for listening. So the intro reading of the passage is from the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. The verse-by-verse readings at the start of each of my subsections, those were all from the New Living Translation, or NLT Bible Translation, copyright 2015 by Tyndale House Foundation. Next episode, we'll talk through Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and we'll discuss some topics around enjoying life while also sowing good seed. Until next time, though, I love y'all.